John chapter 1 verse 9 If we confess our sins He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness Amen He is risen so we partake in the life that's given Hello everyone I'm Marcus Staples and this is Unpacking the Theology the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. Firstly, before we get into today's track, I want to make a quick correction to a previous episode. If you remember back a few weeks ago when we covered Curtis Voice Allen's track, The Christ, on part two of the track, I mentioned the Feast of Booths, that would be the Feast of the Tabernacles, was about a year before Christ's death. Well, it seems I made a slight chronological error. The Feast of Booths, named thus because all the Israelites were to dwell in booths during the feast, to remember the time that they were wandering in the wilderness, took place about six months after the Passover, or in this case, half a year before the Passion. On that note, I want to tell you a little something. Don't take my word for it. That's right. On this show, you'll be hearing a lot of things about God and the Bible and Jesus Christ. But I'm not the source on God. You know what is? Your Bible. That's right. I'm just a messenger. That's all. So, I challenge you to take what I'm saying and match it up with the word. The point of the show is to show you how God is using hip-hop to spread the very word that is written down in the pages of scripture. I, nor the artist whose track I am unpacking, are above scripture, and everything we say is subject to what is taught in it. Keep that in mind. So, without any further ado, on today's show we will be unpacking Orlando Aska's track, Forgive Me from his album, Divine Meditations. The text from this track comes out of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9. It says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This track tells of this concept and the believers battle with sin by breaking it down into three phrases that I'll label knowledge, conviction, and reconciliation. The first verse talks of the knowledge of understanding of God and who he is, things that we hear, or at least we should hear, in church regularly. Things like, Christ has risen, and we are partakers of his new life in Christ. And we're regenerated, and we are set apart from the world, and God is holy, and Christ is our advocate. These are examples of our knowledge of God and who he is, things we as Christians know, whether from regular teaching, catechesis, confession, Christian education, or other Christian instruction we have received. But then comes reality. You know, the part where we fall, where we sin, and because of all these things we know about God, we know that his perfect righteousness cannot tolerate sin. Let's flip over to one of my favorite passages, Isaiah 6, and see what happens when a sinner stands in the presence of a holy God. Isaiah 6, starting at verse 1, reads, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. 
And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. This passage starts by painting an image of God's glory and majesty. It was so bright, so awful, so amazing that the seraphim covered their head and their feet as they shouted his praises. And what about his voice? The text doesn't record what he said, but when he spoke, the foundations of the entire place shook. Even the lifeless foundations trembled at his majesty. What do you think the reaction of Isaiah the prophet was, the man chosen specifically by God to witness this? Do you think he stood up all proud? Not only was he God's chosen voice to Israel, but because God chose him to witness such awesome events? Or was it fear and terror at the sheer awesomeness of God? Actually, it was neither. Let's read. Verse 5, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Woe is me? Woe is me, Isaiah cried out. Not for fear of God's power, but because of his holiness, his perfect righteousness. When a sinner stands in the presence of a holy God, sin cannot help but be exposed. Bare and naked we stand before God in his holiness, and not a thing is hidden. This is why many people won't show up to church after committing a gross sin, though all sins are gross, because they feel naked, they feel exposed when they come into the house of God. Like, everyone knows their sin, and more importantly, God knows their sin, and they feel naked and ashamed. As a believer, in our knowledge and understanding of the perfection of God, we are laid bare before our Heavenly Father when we are convicted of our sins, just like Isaiah was when he stood before the throne of Yahweh. Orlando demonstrates this in his second verse. He says, The pain I face due to sin and disgrace. I'm lame because I ate from a forbidden place. I can't change. Fear I'll never see his face. Falling short daily, I'm feeling condemned. Try to cover my sin, and I try to pretend like I don't struggle. Find myself trapped inside of a bubble. Look within myself but only find trouble. The picture he paints of our guilt is unmistakable. He goes on to say, God, I love you, but can't seem to stop. You got me in your hand at any second can drop. Sound familiar? It does to me. We've all felt the stinging shame of our sin. But what's cool is Orlando Aska doesn't leave us hopeless by the end of the verse. He leaves us a simple reminder that God does not leave his chosen children without hope. With the line, the battle that I'm fighting deep down inside can only be won through the only begotten Son who planned my salvation before life begun. And it's all uphill from there. The third verse starts, So I won, more than a conqueror Jesus, living through the grace of the Son of God who frees us. Romans 5 says, starting at verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person. Though, perhaps for a good person one might dare to die. But God chose his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom we have now received reconciliation. So that's Forgive Me by Orlando Aska. After listening to this episode, hit the information section of our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, and find the link to the lyrics where you can listen to this track for free. This fresh reminder of God's forgiveness is one of many from Aska's inaugural album, and I encourage you to go check it out. And if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please leave a note in the comments section or use a link on our page to find us on Google+. We hope you can enjoy us for our next unpack. Thank you, and God bless. He should be central. He should be loved. He should be who we think about all the time.